Hello, everybody, and welcome to G-Wiz, your family-friendly podcast where we discuss D&D Onslaught, Dice Masters, Hero Clicks, and the other entertaining games made by WizKids. I'm WizDad, that copy of Onslaught that patiently is waiting for you to finally open it up and break out all those minis. I will be your guide for navigating the competitive and casual scenes of the WizKids Triforce of Gaming. It is Onslaught Wednesday. Today, we are talking about that faction no one really plays and it kind of looks interesting. That's right, we're talking about many arrows. But before we get to that, it's of course time for the WizKids Progress Report. Kowalski, Progress Report. Alright, welcome to the WizKids Progress Report. Today, there's not a lot of news to talk about um, as far as upcoming releases. Instead, I'm going to recap the schedule for D&D Onslaught at Worlds. We are two weeks away. Uh, it is rapidly, rapidly upon us. So if you are not prepared, you need to be prepared. Now is the time to put the finishing touches on the teams you're going to be playing, or at least the, the, the roster you're going to be bringing. So just as a reminder, uh, technically WizKids Worlds does start on Thursday, September 14th. There's not really any D&D onslaught happening on Thursday. Uh, it is pretty much just Heroclix. Which is a little odd. I would think they would have Onslaught BRs, the new Battle Royale format, happening on Thursday. But I think partially that's because there is just maybe the judge that does Onslaught is not getting there until Friday, perhaps. Either way, I'm sure you'll be able to find players to play with. I'll be there on Thursday. I'll be playing in the Heroclix events, but I should be available to play for some Onslaught if anybody wants to. Friday, September 15th, that's when all the good stuff starts. That's when the World Championship begins at 10 a.m. on Friday, September 15th. This should be in Central Time, just as a reminder, uh, because Memphis is in Central Time. But yes, yeah, so Worlds officially begins Friday, September 15th, 10 a.m., there's nothing listed here about, you know, how long it's going to go. It'll just be kind of the Swiss rounds and then single elimination the the final cut, the, uh, the end of the world championships actually start September 16th, Saturday at 9 a.m. So the Swiss will happen at 10 o'clock on Friday. You'll play multiple rounds, probably like five or six, depending on how many players. And then that'll cut to the world championship single elimination, which will be Saturday morning at nine. Also, starting Saturday morning at 9 is the Onslaught Maps and Monsters Battle Royales. It does not actually list any Battle Royales for Onslaught starting on Friday. I hope that's just an oversight. I hope that's one where they're going to have more to do with Onslaught on Friday. Um, especially for those that aren't playing in the championship. Or like when you're done with the championship, playing in one. But if not, they do start on Saturday. We are expected to hear more about the uh, scenarios that are going to be used at Worlds uh, this coming week. Maybe at the end of this week or next week we should start hearing about the scenarios. I do know that there are going to be some scenarios, this was posted in the Onslaught, D&D Onslaught Discord, that there's going to be some scenarios from Frogmire on there. So that's going to be really cool. That's mostly going to be for the single elimination side, uh, I believe. Uh, but it's going to be a fun, fun time. So definitely, if you're going to Whiskey's Worlds anyway, you're going for Onslaught, hit me up. I'm hope, Hopefully, I'm going to have a WizDad shirt on. That's my goal, is I'm going to make a couple. Uh, that's 
I'm hoping I can get around to it this weekend. Uh, so I'll be wearing a shirt that shows that I'm WizDad. Hit me up, say hi. Um, I'll have my Onslaught stuff. I'm hoping to play in the World Championship. The problem is, is that I've committed myself to playing in Team Worlds for Heroclix, which happens an hour earlier than the Onslaught World. So I'm going to kind of peek and see how many people have signed up for Worlds and see if I can like sneak my way in, uh, maybe take a, a 0-2 loss when I'm done with Team Team Worlds, and when I'm done with Team Worlds, I'll go into the champ, uh, the the Onslaught Worlds with like an O2 record, and just see how I do. I, I just want to play some Onslaught, man. That's really what I want. And I wish WizKids, if anybody is listening, please, 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 don't schedule your events back to back. There are HeroClix players like myself that like Onslaught, and there's Onslaught players that probably like HeroClix. So definitely, if you're interested in Onslaught, come out to Memphis. It's a great time. WizKids Worlds is amazing. Uh, there's also on Friday night, I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, Friday night at 8 p.m. There's a fan appreciation presentation. That's where they kind of showcase all the upcoming WizKids stuff. They showed some of that at Nationals. There'll be more at Worlds. I anticipate, I'm hoping, we will see not just, you know, more pictures of Frogmire. I'm hoping we see maybe like the next faction, faction pack maybe. Um, an expansion of some sort. Um, I'm hoping we also maybe see like a cheaper version, uh, like a trimmed down, maybe unpainted minis or something version that is more uh, new person friendly because I think that's definitely what the game needs. But that's all for Worlds. I'll cover this again next week just in case anybody isn't aware. Uh, I'll talk more about what I'm potentially bringing to Worlds in the event that I'm you know playing. But uh, let's go ahead and let's talk some mini arrows. Uh, I think you're going to be surprised by this uh, faction review with Fishing with Wisdom. Get your gear, little man. We're going fishing. And I mean now. All right, everybody. We're here. We're talking about some mini arrows. The, the, I wasn't lying about the faction that nobody really wants to play. I know it's kind of relative new. When it comes to being backed by the Red Wizards, Red Wizards are flashy, they look a lot cooler. Many Arrows, when it originally came out, the original six are, um, you know, there's not really a lot of magic users, there's there's a Druid and a Bard, um, but it was kind of, I, I don't want to say lackluster, it wasn't lackluster. The expansion to that, or, or the faction pack, I never know which one is which. But the additional four characters do add a lot. Uh, it does add a warlock and a wizard to the mini arrows, and that's what we're kind of going to go through. Before I get to the characters, I do want to say I did go back. I mentioned in my last episode it'd be interesting to see the averages, uh, the average health, and uh, I did go back and look at each faction and basically took a, a, each faction of the four factions, not counting cell swords because there's only four of them, I think, uh, maybe six of them. Right now, out of the four, I'd looked at the average health of the faction as a whole. Uh, last place, as you can guess, is Red Wizards with a 9.3. So they're averaging, you know, around 9 health. Uh, next is Harpers at 10.1. Zentarium is uh, 10.6. And then Many Arrows is just a flat 11. So Many Arrows, just like its namesake, has the most, on average, HP out of all the factions and you can see that when you look at all the character dials there's only one 
one character at all that has eight, and that's a cleric of all. Of all, you would think a cleric would have a higher constitution. So uh, let's let's break it down. Let's go through each one, kind of like I've been doing each week. Uh, let's talk about the mini arrows. Which ones I like. Which ones I would play. I don't own any of the mini arrows right now. I'm still trying to, you know, I played so many games: Dice Masters, Hero Clicks, and, and Onslaught. It's a little it's a little difficult to keep up with some of them. We're gonna start with Snuck's Tree Friend, the Druid uh, Healer role. Standard uh, close attack is the sickle. One enemy at range one, plus four to hit, two damage. That's as standard as they come. You've just got a close attack that deals two damage. Pretty, uh, pretty uh, standard. Thorn whip is the range, standard. One enemy at range two to three, plus four to hit, one damage. If hit, move target one space closer to you. So that's cool, a little bit of board manipulation. Then critical effect, plus one damage. After the attack, reduce the cooldown of your wild shape bear by one. So we got um we got we got a bear coming up here in just a second. The stats are four movement, twelve defense, ten health. Healer roll once again. First cooldown ability is good berry, bonus action, one turn cooldown, one friendly at range zero to two, heal one. Pretty pretty good uh, heal with a very quick turnaround. A one-turn cooldown heal is pretty nice. It's only one, but you know that one could come in handy. And then if you don't feel like healing, you could do the other one cooldown, Wild Shape Bear. Bonus action, four-turn cooldown. Heal two, gain Bear. <laughs> bear is plus one to speed, plus two to hit, and plus one damage with your close attack. You cannot use your cooldown abilities or items. So that would take it up to a four hit, three damage with a close, five speed. You heal two. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And then you've got the reaction, which is just an opportunity attack. So, standard opportunity attack. After an adjacent enemy moves, if it is no longer adjacent, make a free close attack against that enemy, rolling 1d20. So, pretty standard for Snucks. Level up abilities, you got two. Uh, and these are actually both two pretty good ones. Uh, Unicorn Spirit, Goodberry has heal two instead of heal one with a one turn cooldown you could be pumping out a lot of health with snucks but you could also choose hawk spirit friendly characters at range zero to two have plus two to hit while attacking um it really is going to depend this is one where there's not really a bad one you could choose either one a plus two to hit might be good it, i've once again i found it's pretty easy to hit in this game uh, Snucks has, for example, a 12 defense. If you've got a plus 4 hit, you've got two d20s to roll an 8 or higher. The chances are pretty high. If you make that a... Uh, if you made that you needed a 6 or higher, because you're rolling a plus 6 on a 12, I don't know how much that's really gonna make it better. But if your team is all healed up, and you don't need the healing, hey, it might be better. Next, we're going to call uh, talk about Paul Maljax, the Barbarian. He's your vanguard on the team. Great Axe, short attack, one enemy at range one, plus four to hit, two damage. What? Shocker. Uh, no ranged attack. It's a Barbarian. Not that surprised. Critical, plus one damage, plus two if you're attacking with a close. Uh, I don't know. Or I guess when you're attacking with a standard close. Don't know how many instances you're gonna have where you're not attacking with that. That's interesting. 
Um, oh, and I, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention on Snux, the level up ability is gain 1 XP after you heal a target to its maximum health. So that one's a little bit tricky to pull off when since Snux is only healing one. Pa has a 4 movement, 12 defense, 13 health. So this is kind of where you're getting that 11 average. Pa is hoping to raise that up. Pa gains 1 XP after you are attacked by an enemy. And then the cooldown abilities. You have Eagle Flight, bonus action, 3 turn cooldown. Move up to 3 spaces. Enemies cannot take reactions after this move. So that's pretty good. Kind of a free disengage to run over and hit somebody else. And then you have Eagle's Rage. So this is, I guess, the Wild Totem Eagle form Barbarian subclass. Eagle's Rage, bonus. It's kind of a once-per-game effect. Gain Eagle's Rage, deal plus one damage, reduce incoming damage by one, and enemies roll 1d20 when attacking you. So that's pretty neat. That That's a pretty good one. You get in the middle of a, a bunch of people, you do Eagle's Rage, and you've got... um. You got a little bit of time to reduce the damage, and they, they're probably not hitting you. And his level up, once again, is when you are attacked, not when you're hit. So, he doesn't have to be hit. The, he doesn't have to take damage to level up. His reaction is combat reflexes. We've talked about this before. After an adjacent enemy moves, if it's no longer adjacent, make a free attack against the enemy. So, different than opportunity attack, but still a cooldown one. His level up, persistent rage, refresh eagle's rage if it is already on cooldown eagles rage is now two turn cooldown so that's pretty good to get consistent eagles rage would make paw pretty good brutal critical your attacks are critical successes on rolls of nine through 20 your critical effect does an additional plus one damage Ooh, so you're really wanting paw is pretty decent he doesn't do anything particularly special i'll say that but you're really, really, really wanting Paw to level up. Because either of those two abilities are good. Brutal Critical is very good. Because um, you're potentially dealing four to five damage each hit. Like, that is that is good. But his abilities don't give him any additional hits. He's only hitting one. So as opposed to uh, some of the other characters, uh, you know, if you're on a team with Sedona or something. Now, there's another character in, on here that we'll talk about that'll help this a little bit. But he's really wanting to get in there and level up quickly. He is somewhat ignorable. Somewhat ignorable. Because uh, you could probably... Well, four movement is average. So, I, I like Paw. I don't know if he's... He's not anything special. And this might be one of the reasons people were turned off a bit by the many arrows. Let's talk about... Yavolda, the Unbroken, the Paladin. Short, uh, sorry, uh, close attack, standard action is one. Enemy at range one. Hey, a little bit of a shakeup. Plus three to hit, three damage. Uh-oh. Critical, plus one damage, and the target gains rooted. They can't take move actions. Slasher, plus three to hit with your clo uh, standard close if the target is rooted. So that's, that's pretty neat. 4 movement, 15 defense, 15, that's pretty beefy, 13 health. Yavolta levels up, gains XP, I should say, after an adjacent enemy character is KO'd. Cooldown abilities, ensnaring strike, bonus, 3 turn cooldown. Gain ensnaring strike. After you hit with a close attack, the target gains rooted. That's pretty good, pretty, pretty good. 
The other one is Nature's Wrath, standard, one enemy at range 1 to 3, plus 5 to hit, 2 damage. If hit, the target gains rooted. So, kind of a double up combo with Yvolda. Get her up there, hit, uh, use your ensnaring strike because uh, your first hit will be able to make it where they can't move, and then you follow up the next turn with a plus six to hit to deal five uh, to deal three damage is pretty pretty good um so Yavolda's really your kind of move up there root them into place and just go to town because she also has opportunity attack we've explained before level up there's two abilities undying sentinel the first time you would be ko'd set your heart to one and get rid of the cards so kind of just a bring back to life that one's kind of neat Aura of Warding, you gave plus four defense against non-adjacent attacks. I actually like this one. I've mentioned before uh, in previous episodes when you're going against like a wizard or a warlock or something that's got like a 12 defense and the level up ability is, hey, gain three defense. A 15 is not going to change much. If I get a plus five to hit, right? If I get a plus four, plus five to hit, I got to roll a 10 on two D20s. That's... Not that difficult. But on Yvolda, though, 15 now goes to a 19 from range or non-adjacent attacks. That is significantly harder to hit. So at, right now, out of the close attackers, and once I didn't mention this, Yvolda is melee damage. So right now, I love Yvolda as a melee damage character. She's not slow with the three. She can get up there. She can deal damage. She goes up, ties up. Doesn't have a multi-attack, that's okay. She doesn't need it because she can get up there and root your, their character and then kind of tie them up for a turn or two. And she could potentially keep doing it. She gains Ensnaring Strike, and then she has Nature's Wrath that also gives rooted. So she's probably consistently hitting with a six, you know, plus six to hit, three damage. And you can't get away from it. Now, you could potentially phase out if you've got, like... Uh, you know, some of the, some of that has phasing. You could get away from it that way. But so far, I like Yvolda out of the three that we've talked about. Let's go on to Clonk Glowfist. A monk. Gotta love monks. Unarmed strike. Standard. One enemy at range one. Plus five to hit. Two damage. Sunbolt range. Standard attack. One enemy at range two to three. Plus five. Two to hit. So it's kind of the same range or close. That's neat. Critical, after the attack, make a closer range, rolling 1d20. So that's kind of a critical hit. Doesn't deal more damage, just means you get another hit. I like it. Um, Clonk's uh, stats are a 5 movement, 13 defense, 12 health. So for a monk, pretty beefy at 12. Pretty beefy at 12. Gain 1 XP after you defeat an enemy character. Okay. Cooldown ability, Flurry of Blows, standard, three-turn cooldown. Make a close attack against all adjacent enemies. Each target is separate is a separate attack. So that could be very, very good. That could, very, mon very monk-like chain, right? Because you make a attack against all adjacent characters. So say you get in there, Clonk runs up. He's now in between three characters. He does Flurry of Blows. 
he makes three attacks. He crits on one of them. That means he makes another attack. So he makes a fourth attack. Three chances to get a crit, and he can maybe do it again. I, I, I like that. That's a lot of damage that could be going out. Three turn cooldown's not that bad. The second cooldown ability is a standard close uh, three turn cooldown. Target one space at range two to three plus five to hit. It's like a one splash zone for two damage, so searing sunburst. So he's got range and close potential. He is the ranged roll, ranged damage roll for the many arrows, which is a little unusual. He feels a little bit more close, but his close and range are equal when it comes to attack, uh, to hit and damage. Uh, his reaction is just opportunity attacks. So, so far, not a lot of crazy reactions. We've had three opportunity attacks and <laughs> combat reflexes. Level up ability is improved Sun Soul. Your attacks are critical successes on rolls of 18 to 20. That's pretty good. And then Sun Shield, after you're damaged by an attack, deal one damage to the attacker. That is good also. So not bad on the attack. Um like not not bad as a ranged attacker obviously like next to like gribble shanks and stuff like that it's hard to look at clonk and be super thrilled with just two damage and not no uh, no multi-attacking or anything like that but he's got potential it's just a little lackluster for my tasting but he's he's a beefy person 12 hp is pretty darn good for a uh, ranged attacker so so i'll take it funny enough though the next character we're going to talk about is bryn tuax which is a ranger but not a ranged ranger bryn is a hybrid character hand axe standard one enemy at range one plus four to hit two damage surprise throwing axe is your range one enemy at two to three plus three to hit two damage critical kind of similar back to uh, paw, plus one damage, plus two damage if attacking with a close attack. Four movement, 14 defense, 12 health. Now, Bryn does gain one XP at the end of their activation. So he's like a Sedona. He's like one of those that kind of uh, could level up faster. Bryn does give you your, du your double attack with their first cooldown ability, which is dual wield, bonus action, three turn cooldown, just make a close attack. So get Bryn up there, dual wield, and also do their potentially their other cooldown ability, which is Whirlwind, standard, five turn cooldown, target your space, plus four to hit, splash, basically a, ra a radius of two, two damage. This attack does not target friendly characters. So Bryn is definitely your run in there, spin around, and maybe dual wield to hit somebody else. So pretty, pretty good. That's a lot of damage dealing out. Like, that's really good. If you if you have a way to manipulate your opponent a little bit more to get them into a group, Clonk and Bryn could do some serious damage to that group. But then again, if I'm playing against many arrows and I see both of those, I'm going to make sure my, my people are pretty far apart. Though the Whirlwind is going to catch everyone within, like, it's a two-range radius, so that means even like five squares apart so Bryn has some damage potential it is a long cooldown for that you're probably only going to get one whirlwind out reaction ability is just opportunity attack so nothing nothing crazy there the level up abilities is favored enemy you gain plus two defense and plus two to hit with your attack 
with your standard close end range. That's okay. Uh, I think I prefer the your close and range gain plus one damage with feral senses. It really depends on your game. If he's the only one left, um, or you're just they have high defenses, you might go favorite enemy. But remember, he's probably leveling up fairly quickly, so just keep that in mind. And then finally, for the main set of many arrows, we have pluck. Pluck? Plu? Pluck? I don't know how to say something with a Q at the end. Pluque? I don't know. Uh, who's a bard? That's your tactician. Close attack, one enemy range one, plus four to hit, two damage. Range, though, um, plus one enemy at range one to four, plus four to hit. If hit, target is rooted. So that does... That is very good, a very good combo with Yavolda because she gets plus three to hit when a character is rooted. And that's just a ranged attack from Pluk. Plukwa. Plukwa. Let's just call Plu. Critical plus one damage after they attack all friendly characters at range one to four. Heal one, so that's that's pretty pretty sweet. And even as a bard. 4 speed, 14 defense, 9 health. 9 is not bad. Not bad at all for a uh, a bard. Because I think Chloe is still an 8. Now, uh, Plu does have 2 uh, level up ability, gain 1 XP after you use the cooldown ability. Pretty sweet. Cooldown abilities are Blade Ward, bonus action, 3 turn cooldown, 1 friendly, at range 0 to 4, target gains Blade Ward. Reduce damage from adjacent enemies by 1. That's okay. Reducing damage by 1 could be useful. That one's a little harder to judge. It's a very case-by-case -case scenario on if I'm interested in that. But here's where I think Plu has potential. Uh, Warrior's Tail bonus, 4 turn cooldown. Target 1 friendly at range 1 to 4. The target makes a close attack. So, playing many arrows, I feel like Plu is probably one of the key people you uh, you include on your team. To be able to pull that off, to get another attack off, could be very useful. Uh, and also being rooted, so like, with him and Yavolda, like, those two go hand in hand, I think, with the rooted combo. And uh, you can, uh, well, let me wait and get through the other four before I talk about team builds. Level up abilities for Plu, Pluk, is uh, Tale of the Runaway. Tale of the Runaway is a bonus action, one and done. Target one friendly character at range one to four. That character makes a phase, a teleport, a warp of four. So kind of just get out of here. Get, you know, get out of dodge. And then uh, finally, the other one is Mystical Connection. After you use a cooldown ability, heal one. So... Uh, level up abilities are kind of so-so. Get out of dodge. Kind of teleport is nice, but it's once. Uh, so I don't know if... It really depends on how the game is going, whether you're really wanting to take that one. Alright, so let's talk about the expansion characters. The four that were added on. Uh, if you think about just the six, it's really close, like, close combat oriented. Which makes sense for the higher HP that many arrows has. But none of those besides the Plu and Yavolda combo is really like screaming at me of, oh, this this is good. This does a lot of damage. This is neat. 
Uh, I think that's why Many Arrows kind of fell on hard times and not a lot of people were interested in Many Arrows. But let's see if the expansion pack or faction pack... I Once again, I don't remember which is which. Uh, expansion. It's the expansion pack. Let's see if that helps. We have Felenian. Felenian? Felenian. I'm going to butcher that. Sorry. Wizard. Vanguard. Okay. Trident. Close attack. Hey, tell me if you've heard of this one. One enemy at range one to two. Oh, one to two. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I spoke too soon. Range one to two. Plus four to hit two damage. Ray of Frost. One enemy at range two to five. Plus five to hit two damage. And the target gains slow. Their movement becomes two. Critical. You may refresh Arcane Ward. And then Amphibious, you ignore water terrain while moving. Not that big of a deal currently, because there's not a ton of water on the two maps that we have. But Frogmire, if that map becomes a legal map that you can play, that could change things. There's a, I, assume, I assume a swamp has a lot of water. <laughs> That's my guess. So... Let's keep that in mind. Uh, fortunately, though, uh, Felanin only has a 3 movement. 14 defense. 12 health, though, for Wizard is pretty nuts. Level up potential is a gain of 1 XP after you move adjacent to an enemy that you were not adjacent to at the beginning of your activation. That's a very worded ability, but very in line with how WizKids words things. Cooldown abilities, we've got two. We've got Arcane Ward, bonus action, four turn cooldown. Gain Arcane Ward. Ignore any attacks that deal a total of three damage or less after any modifiers are applied. Okay. That's interesting, I guess. Uh, then we have Dispel Magic. Bonus action, three turn cooldown, one mini at range of zero to one. Remove one condition token from that mini. Okay, so those are kind of support powers, and then the reaction is just just combat reflexes. Man, there's not a lot of crazy reactions on this team. It's just kind of combat reflexes or opportunity attack. The only odd one we saw was Pluk. So, hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, leveling up is probably where uh, Felanin actually sees a little bit better play. Arcane Absorption, while you have Arcane Ward, your range and close attacks gain plus one damage. Okay, good. Three damage is nice. And then the other one is Projected Ward. When you gain Arcane Ward, a friendly character at range one to three also gains Arcane Ward. That's good also. It's really hard to gauge support figures. Um, Felanin... Man, Felanin is a little hard to, to judge. Arcane Ward is fine, but Felanin is also kind of ignorable because Felanin only moves three, only does two damage, could slow you, that's big, could also dispel, but outside of that, like, I don't know, Felanin doesn't really do, um, do a lot, not a lot on, uh, not a, a lot of bonuses for me. Let's see if uh, any of these others are, are better. We'll come back to Flanen when we get the team building. Let's talk about uh, Sarzumina, the rogue, who is a melee. I believe that's melee. Yeah, melee damage. 
Uh, we've got the standard attack, Kukri. One enemy at range one. Plus six to hit, plus six to hit. Okay, two damage. Then you got the standard range, throwing. One enemy at range two to three, plus four to hit, one damage. Critical. The target gains poisoned. If it is already poisoned, it suffers plus two damage. Sneak attack. This is an ability. Plus one damage with your close if a friendly character is adjacent to your target. Plus one damage with your range if you have cover from your target. Cool. Dishing out some damage. So Sarzumina is a good damage dealer thus far. Four movement. Okay. 14 defense. 11 uh, health. Solid. That's the average, as we determined for many arrows. Gain one XP after you deal damage with sneak attack. That's probably likely. If you're a good player, you're going to be able to get sneak attack going pretty well. Cooldown abilities. Wyvern Venom. Standard four turn cooldown. Target one enemy at range one to three. Plus five to hit. Three damage if hit. Target gains poison. Nice. That's solid. Poison is nice. Ghost Walk. Bonus action. It's once per game. Gain Ghost Walker. Gain plus one warp or teleport. I don't really know what that's called, but it's the warping symbol. And ignore elevation blocking, hindering, and minis while moving. Okay. So bonus action allows you to move. Oh, sorry. Allows you to warp one, and then you can just move your four, ignoring everything. I like that. That's that's good. Being able to get Sarzumina in there to start poisoning, dealing damage. Nice. Reaction is once again just opportunity attack. The level up abilities is Whispers of the Dead. Heal one whenever an enemy is defeated at range one to two. And then the one you're probably doing more often is Wails from the Grave. After you deal damage with sneak attack, you may deal one damage to a different enemy in range one to three. Free damage is good. Like, just being able to say, oh, I'm dealing one damage to a different enemy within range without having to roll or anything. That's great, especially since it doesn't really target. It just says deal one damage. That can be vital in certain cases. Problem with Sarzamina is that she does combat with Yvolda, who I think is arguably better than her. Like, uh, that's that's tough. That's a toughie. Um, I'll have to think about that one. Let's cover the last two, and then we'll circle back. We've got a healer up next, uh, Diar Muid, Diar the Cleric. Is short, uh, standard short uh, close attack is one enemy at range one plus three to hit two damage, and then range is Fae Guidance. Oh, this is not a standard. Fae Guidance is a bonus. One enemy at range one, they gain Fae Guidance plus five to hit with basic attacks. Okay. Alright, Dyar is something interesting. Doesn't have a ranged attack, but does have a bonus action they could do. Just There's no cooldown, so each turn, if they're next to somebody and next to a friendly character, they can give them plus five to hit. I like that's a good way of using guidance, like from D&D. &D. Like, I, I like that method of, like, applying guidance to the game. Guidance is always that tricky, tricky thing, where as a DM, you really don't want your characters using guidance for every single role so interesting for critical you may reduce the cooldown of one of your cooldown dials by three okay well okay 
you'll see why the cooldowns are pretty lengthy for the two that Dyer has. Dyer does have Flight. You ignore elevation hindering and impassable terrain while moving and attacking. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Now, Dyer doesn't have a ranged attack outside of... Um, no, Dyer doesn't have a ranged attack, so don't worry about, like, unless Dyer gets one of the, maybe, equipment, like a bow or something that gives a ranged attack, Dyer would be able just to shoot through anything without the, them having cover. Four movements, 16 defense, only 8 health. Gains 1 XP after a friendly at range 1 to 3 hits with a close attack. That's probably happening, so Dyer's probably leveling up pretty quickly, because you have... If you go Yavolda and Plu, Dyar's probably getting multiple hits in. Or, sorry, multiple XP because they're hitting with a lot of close attacks. Or, if you go with... Oh my goodness, wait. So, hits with an attack. I mean, it's a separate attack. You have the potential of just leveling him up outright. If you go with Clonk that hits with Flurry of Blows, say hits three people. It's gain one XP after a friendly enemy at range one to three hits with a... A close attack clonk is making a close attack against all adjacent characters and each one is a separate attack so dyer can level up pretty quickly if set up right all right so I i'm on board with dyer right now cooldown abilities flay flay <laughs> fey illumination standard four turn cooldown target one space and range one to four plus five to hit splash of one if hit minis gain illuminated so what is illuminated you ask wonderful question uh illuminated when a character gains an illuminated token they must discard their invisibility and stealth tokens and cannot gain those tokens while they have illuminated if a character with an illuminated token is hit by a melee basic attack that hit becomes a critical hit and illuminated is discarded okay so you all right dyer is like shooting up my rankings of many arrows for sure being able to potentially allow some of your other many arrows to critically hit uh i'm thinking specifically of um who am i thinking of specifically uh uh, Felanen is good. Critical for Sarzumina means poison gives two instead. Uh, if Dyer hits, now it, it is a fading, so it doesn't last a whole turn. So Dyer couldn't do it, but Snucks could do it. No, you couldn't play Snucks. Yeah, I mean, that just means you probably get an additional attack. I mean, Clonk would be good. That would really ramp up uh, Dyer's leveling up because after the attack you illuminate clink goes in makes a lot of attacks oh and they all could they could all be critical oh my goodness that is that is a lot okay all right all right all right all right, all right. Uh, before we get too excited uh, the other cooldown ability for dyar Diarmund is cure wounds standard five turn cooldown one friendly at range zero to five heal five that's awesome for a team that has a lot of HP, that's great. Five is a fantastic number. And then the, uh, guess what? Reaction is just opportunity attack. Whoop-de-doo. Now, I mentioned Dyer has the potential of really uh, leveling up quickly. 
So the two level up abilities is Grip of the Forest. Grip of the Forest is bonus, and then it has kind of like what we talked about Red Wizards. Um, when we talked about, man, what is her name? Uh, I'm blanking. Hold on. Uh, when we were talking about uh, Jelana with the abilities that had their own tokens to them, uh, the level ability of Dyer has something very similar. Spend one uh, resource, essentially. Target one enemy at range 1 to 4, plus 5 to hit. Damage one, the target gains rooted, and you may move it up to three spaces. I love me some rooted. Give me some more rooted. That is awesome. And then the other one is wind barrier. Standard once per game, basically. Place a wind barrier fully within range 1 to 3. It cannot overlap minis or blocking terrain. Wind barrier is a hindering terrain and blocks line of sight as if it were blocking terrain. If a mini activates on a wind barrier token or moves onto it during its move, it suffers two damage. It is a fading effect, so it would go away. So right now, Daramund uh, trumps in my head Snucks. Sorry, Snucks. I I really, really like Daramund. Daramund might make many arrows a lot better. It Daramund does do that, let me be honest. But before we jump the gun, let me cover the last character, a tactician, by the name of Thurkir the Wise. Thurk has Bite. Standard, one enemy at range 1, plus 5 to hit, 2 damage. Range attack, Grasp of Hadar. Standard, one enemy at range 2 to 4, plus 4 to hit, 2 damage. If you hit a non-champion target, you may move it up to 2 spaces towards you. Okay, so we're talking like a... Uh, a npc or a um you know like a goblin a knoll something like that critical plus one damage and heal one if attacking with your close attack four movement 12 defense 10 health gain one xp after you gain a condition token sounds to me like thirk here is gonna have a way to gain conditions let's see first cooldown ability grant invisibility <laughs> bonus action four turn cooldown Target one friendly at range 0 to 1, it gains invisible. So granting invisible, pretty, pretty solid. Once again, invisible if you don't know. Monsters ignore invisible characters when resolving their activations. Invisible characters cannot be target of attacks that are not AoE or cone attacks. The second cooldown is a once per game standard beguiling, beguiling? beguiling aura. Gain beguiling aura, gain plus 3 defense. And enemies adjacent to you cannot attack you. Okay. Um, that's neat, I guess. And then Misty... Uh, the reaction, finally, something new. Misty escape. Three turn cooldown. After you suffer damage, warp three. Cool. Leveling up abilities, beguiling defenses, plus three defense. Okay. 12 to 15, once again, don't like it. Instill fear is the other one. Bonus action, one... Uh, once per game, basically. One enemy at range 1 to 3, plus 4 to hit, plus 4 to hit, I should say. Target gains Afraid. They cannot move within 5 range of Thurkir and must move beyond 5 range of Closer. That is good. If you're playing a, like, a capture the point, king of the hill type scenario, Thurkir might be useful there. You have to level them up to really do that. But, pretty, pretty good with that. I like that. Fortunately, Thurkir doesn't really do much otherwise. Like, it, it Thurkir just doesn't. Two, plus five to hit two damage, 
one enemy at range two, but third gear is competing with Plug for the tactician spot. They both kind of don't do a ton. Plug at least gives you another attack. So Plug, I would I would play ahead. So I think I think that brings me to the point of what if I'm building a many arrows team, what would I be playing? I think that's a lot of questions of people's minds is what would what would you be playing if you're playing many arrows um right off the back i know i'm playing dyar dyar muid the healer um fantastic piece every ability is pretty clutch perfect like great character that is your healer so i'm writing that down i'm playing playing dyar that's my here the healer for my damage, I do like the Plu and Yavolda combo. So that'll put Pluk. Plukwa as my tactician. That would put Yavolda as my melee. Which is fine also because remember, uh, Dyar also has the capability of rooting. Uh, or not rooting, I'm sorry. Uh, has the possibility of allowing crits, could, which could help with the rooting part. That gives me two more spots for a team of five. Um, there's only one ranged attacker, so I'm looking at either a vanguard, a hybrid, or a ranged attacker. Clonk isn't bad. Bryn isn't bad. Uh, you could go with either of those because I don't like Felanen. I like Paw over Felanen as a vanguard. His critical is just more damage. Uh, so really, it boils down to are we playing... Bryn, Clonk, Paw, two out of those three is what we're boiling down to. And I think there's not a wrong answer out of all of those. Um, I think you probably go Bryn for the damage potential because Bryn is your hybrid. That does work, right? Yes, it does work. So you go Bryn, and then you decide between Clonk and Paw. Clonk would... If it's a like capture the point where everyone's going to be in a small space or close together, Clonk would probably be better because he's able to kind of go in there, splash around, searing sunburst, flurry of blows, deal a lot of damage. If it's more of you need to tie up their pieces, you need to go in there, do some damage, and just you know be in their face, take some hits, Paw might be better. But I think right off the bat, if I'm just building a, just a generic team of characters for many arrows to cover all these scenarios... I'm probably leaning, leaning Yavolda, Clonk, Bryn, Pluk, and Dyar, to be honest. Those five. I think Many Arrows does are good candidates for Swords to come in and kind of fill some of the spaces. I'm going to cover Swords next week and talk about the characters themselves, but also talk about key places you might want to play a Sword. The Swords are pretty okay. They're, they don't it's a very cool concept i think many arrows probably has the best opportunity to slide them in red wizards maybe because of their low hp and some of the cell swords has a much better hp but that's kind of it for the many arrows uh i i can see now in retrospect why it's not played as much it's not as splashy as red wizards or zenterum or harpers it's missing a little bit it's got some support pieces that just don't add a lot like there's a few few characters that I'm just looking at that I'm like like Felanen, 
I might just be missing the point of Felanen. But Felanen just doesn't do enough for me to be, like, excited about. Thurkir, I can see the benefit of Thurkir. Sarzumina is great. I wish Sarzumina was not a melee attacker because I want to play Yvolda a lot. So I can't play Sarzumina. Snux, we started with Snux. Snux isn't bad. Like, not bad at all. But I, I feel like if you're not playing Diarmund, you're making bad decisions. Diarmund is just an incredibly good, if not one of the best healers in the game, just based off of all the things that Diarmund can do. I mean, Diarmund gives just adjacent person plus five to hit, and it's a bonus action. <laughs> like, he has no other bonus actions. That's all he's doing, um, outside of obviously, right, like looting or equipping you know equipping items and whatnot and i haven't really touched on equipping items that's something i'll try to cover potentially in the episode leading up to worlds um i'll talk more about what items to bring what equipment treasure to bring because that is a key part of the game people forget about is that the equipment that you find in the benefactor set the uh benefactor um expansion or i don't know what it's called scenario pack those items i think are by far better than the ones in the main set but you got to look at them uh because there's some that may not just work with your team as well as you would hope but that's going to do it for this episode of g whiz thanks for you know hanging out with me and let, talking about the last faction that we're, well it's not the last last we're going to talk cell swords you can't build a team of only cell swords yet I assume we're eventually going to get an expansion pack. Maybe that's what we see at Worlds, is like the expansion pack for Swords to make it their own faction. Um, but it, it, thanks for joining me with this. Many Arrows, man, is better than I thought, but mm, I'm going to have to really look deep into Swords to see if they can make up for some of the deficiencies. But yeah, um... You know, if you like what you hear... No, I don't want to say like what you hear, subscribe or whatnot. But, uh, you know, stay tuned for Friday's episode of Hero Clicks. We're going to talk more about leading up the worlds. Uh, talking probably more about Team Modern. Not Team Modern. Team Worlds and Notorious. We'll take a look at Notorious from a casual standpoint. So if you're playing BRs or if you're playing in Team Worlds, which we're all hoping it's Notorious, we'll talk about that. Otherwise, if you're only here for Onslaught... Once again, next week, we'll talk about cell swords. Thank you guys for listening, and you guys have a fantastic day.